0: episode 6. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can. And I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life. And if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today, listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. If you haven't heard episode four, I told my story about how I tried desperately to get into Disney. That was my goal. That was my dream, to become a Disney animator. And After trying once, got rejected, waited another year later. That's when my best friend Andy got in, and I got rejected again. I felt like a failure. I gave up. I went and saw the movie Rudy. It inspired me to not give up and to continue working hard for my dream. I called the head of Disney up, and I asked him, how come you didn't accept me? What was missing in my work? He told me, Saul, you were the first person to ever call me and ask me that. He said, you know what you need to work on in your portfolio? You need to come up with more dynamic perspective. Instead of drawing people and animals from wherever your eye level is, why don't you stand on a box and look down at them or look up at them? Give us a, a dynamic perspective. What I heard there was the answer key to what I needed to know in order to grow. In life, we are going to fail. At what? At probably everything we try. At least the first time. That's what learning is. We're going to fail. But if we can find out why we failed, find out what our flaws are, then now we know where we need to put our effort. Because knowing our own flaws is the answer key to growing. Michael Jordan was in the NBA the first year. And after one of his first games, a sports writer came up to him and says, Mike, you know what? You're a scoring machine, but you have no defensive game. And you know what Michael Jordan could have said to the guy? Could you get out of my face? I just made millions of dollars playing basketball. Your kid probably has my posters up over as well. I'm going to listen to you. But Michael said he heard one thing in his mind. Something I'm doing is giving that guy the perception that I don't have a defensive game. I guess I better work harder on defense. And he did. And next year in the NBA, one player was named a defensive player of the year. Number 23, Michael Jordan. You see, when we want to be great in life, we need to find out what our flaws are and work to make them our strengths. I was terrible at drawing hands when I was in high school. Any artist out there, you know it's hard. And I had the most brilliant art teacher. She said, you're terrible at drawing hands? Good. Draw a hand from a different position every day before you go to bed. And six months later, you know what happened? I got better at drawing hands. Eventually, I got into Disney. My dream came true. And years later, Disney asked me to travel to different schools to recruit new artists and prospective animators for the company. So I go to a school in San Francisco, and they set me up at a little table, and there's there's like a line, like a soup kitchen line of hundreds of students in a line. And each student gets five minutes to show me their portfolio. And every student comes up and they sit there and I'm going through their work. And, you know, they're mostly average, you know, they're, they're college students. They're some good and some not so good. But one kid shows up. I will never forget. This kid comes up, puts his portfolio down and sits back in his chair, crosses his arms. I open up his portfolio and I'm telling you, this college student was awesome. He was better than half the people at Disney and he knew it. And that's why he sat back, crossed his arms. Because his attitude, his body language was, I'm awesome. I'll just sit back there and watch the Disney guy figure out how awesome I am. So I asked him a question. What's your goal? He says, my goal is to be a character designer. That's basically the person that designs what the characters look like. The Beast, Aladdin, Shrek. How do you know what these characters are supposed to look like? I looked at him and I said, "You, you know, you're not a character designer. All of a sudden, he sat up. He's like, what do you mean? You see, everybody's always told him how amazing he is, how great. You're going to do whatever you want. And the Disney guy, me, I tell him, you know what? You're not going to have what it is you want. All of a sudden, he sat forward. What, what do you mean? In his portfolio, he had tons of characters. He had aliens and monsters and animals and people, and they were drawn beautifully. So I looked at him and I said, you want to be a character designer? Okay, let me ask you a question. What's character He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you want to be a character designer. So what's character? You're designing character. You should probably know what it is. He's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's how a, you know, a person looks, how a character looks. And I said, no, it's not. Character is not what someone looks like. It's who someone is. It's a personality. If you say someone has great character, you're not talking about their face. You're talking about who they are. And I said to him, your characters may be drawn perfectly, but you're just showing me what these characters look like. You're not giving me a sense of their personality from the pose, you know, show me what this character feels. They're standing there. Are they impatient? Are they excited? What's the personality? You're not drawing personality. You're only showing me what they look like. He sat there shocked time was up. Five minutes over, he left. At the end of the day, I get to every student. All of a sudden, I see someone running over to me, and it's the kid from earlier. I go, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. He's like, I just came to tell you something. I'm like, what? He says, thank you. I said, why? He says, because up until now, everybody's always told me how great I am, how great I am as an artist. No one has ever given me the kind of feedback that lets me know where I can put my effort to get better and when i heard him say that i knew that someday he would be a character designer because he wasn't defensive when he heard his flaws he embraced them take a moment right now and think about your own life what are the things that we want to be great at in life maybe you're in a business right now you're trying to accomplish something maybe you're building a product two years ago i hired a storyboard artist to work on a project this was a young woman amazing artist And she had just gotten off a TV show she was working on called Spirit. It's the horse TV show at DreamWorks. And I asked her a question. I said, let me ask you. I'm just curious. Why did you choose to work on the show Spirit? Because you could have worked on any show. You're so amazing. And she looked at me and said, you know why I chose to work on Spirit? Because I was terrible at drawing horses. Boom. Most people who were not good at drawing horses would not choose to be drawing on a TV show where you're going to be drawing horses 99.9% of the time. But this young woman had a fire in her, a vision of who she's trying to become, a great artist. And a great artist means wherever my flaws are, I'm going to turn those into my strengths. And guess what? A year later, she's awesome at drawing horses. That's the mentality we need to have. How hungry are we to find out where our flaws are? Pete Rose, famous baseball player, says, quote, What's tough is to go out and work hard on the things that you don't do very well. That's what's tough. Because in order to do that, we have to get out of our comfort zone. And nobody wants to be uncomfortable. In 2011, there was an incredible movie that won the Best Picture Oscar, The King's Speech. And this movie is based on a true story of the stuttering King George VI. And in the movie, Colin Firth, who plays King George, has a stammer, a stutter. He can't speak a sentence Well, after his father dies. This man is propelled into the public spotlight. He is now King George Sixth, but he can't speak. He can't give a speech on a microphone. And he goes to see Geoffrey Rush, who plays this character, Lionel, who's his vocal coach. And when King George first meets Lionel, He thinks his case is a lost cause. How can this guy, Lionel, ever help me speak? He feels helpless. What was your earliest memory? On earth, do you mean? Your first recollection? I'm not here to discuss personal matters. Why are you here then? Because I bloody well stammer! You have a bit of a temper. One of my many faults. When did the defect start? I've always been this way. I doubt that. Don't tell me it's my stammer. And throughout the movie, he ends up building a friendship with Lionel. Lionel gives him exercises. But most importantly, he's teaching him not necessarily how to speak. He's teaching him how to overcome his insecurity. He's teaching him how to have confidence in his own voice. And trying to get him to turn his flaw of speaking into his strength. And this is the most powerful scene in the movie. It's the scene at the end when King George starts to get upset at Lionel and his conviction comes out. George the Stammerer, who let his people down so badly in that hour of need... What are you doing? Get up! You can't sit there! Get up! Why not? It's a chair. No, it, that is not a chair! That is... That it... That is St Edward's Chair. People have that carved their names on it. Chair is the seat on which every king and, and queen is held place by a large rock. That is the Stone of schoon. You are, are trivializing oh, you everything. You I don't care you. how many royal have obsessed. Listen on to chair. me. Listen to me. Listen to you by what right? By divine right, if you must. I'm your king. No, you're not. You told me so yourself. You said you didn't want it. Why should I waste my time listening? Because to you? I have a right to be, no, and I what? have a voice. <sighs> yes, you do. You have such perseverance, Bertie. You're the bravest man I know. You'll make a bloody good king. And in that moment, his stammer is cured. No more stutter. You know why? Because his voice became his strength. He wasn't focused on how he was saying it. He was focused on what he was saying. I was never in a meeting with Steve Jobs. I never met the man. But I can assure you, after he created the very first iPhone, he probably brought all his people together and they poured the champagne and he congratulated all of them and said, good job, we made the iPhone amazing, congratulations. Now come back tomorrow and tell me how we're gonna make it better. If you could walk by Steve Jobs in that garage with Wozniak back in the day, up in Silicon Valley, when he was working out of that garage on that wooden board, making the first Apple, whatever it was called, and he had those circuit boards and things, and if you walked by that garage and peeked in and he's like, Hey, come on in. He probably would have said, hey, what would you think about this? If you said, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Great. He would have been like, that's it? You would have been like, yeah. He'd be like, okay, you could leave now. But if you told him, you know what, Steve, I love all this, but if you you ever think about working on just this part differently, or maybe this, he would have hugged you. Because the only way to make it better is to find out where the mistakes are. Where's the flaws? When I was at Disney, I was directing the movie Kronk's New Groove, the sequel to Emperor's New Groove. And one day we had a screening for our executives. When you're making a movie, it takes years to make a movie. So every couple weeks or every couple months, you screen the process of wherever your movie is at that moment for the executives. so They can give you notes and they can tell you all the mistakes in your movie so you can go work on them. So we screen the movie. Afterwards, we go into the conference room. we sit in there and the executive says, I have no notes. Congratulations. And walks up and leaves. That's it. Leaves. So, me and the other director go back to our team. It's like 50 or something artists. And they say to us, So, how did the screening go? How did the notes go? Were there a lot of notes? And I told them there were no notes. And our entire team was like, Congratulations. They were so happy. They're like, Wow, no notes. Amazing. And you know how I felt? I felt let down. Because usually when I leave those conference rooms, I'm pumped with motivation because I have the answer key how to make the movie better because someday that movie has to deliver and we're done working on it. The window closes on it and I'll never be able to make one shot better, one camera move better, one sound effect better. And if anybody has an idea of how to make that movie better, I want to hear it. Inspirational quote of the day. The quote comes from the late, great Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant said this, quote, what separates great players from all time great players is their ability to self-assess, diagnose weakness, and turn those flaws into strengths. What separates great players from all time great players. You hear how beautiful it is? He didn't say what separates average players from great players. He's like, no, what separates great players, which most people would aspire to be from what he calls all-time great players the best of the best is one thing their ability to self-assess to look honestly at themselves and know what's the weakness diagnose the weakness where's my weakness and then comes the hard work after i've done that to not feel bad that i have a weakness but to feel motivated to take that weakness and go you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna turn it into my strength what are our weaknesses do we have trouble in relationships You want to know what your weakness is in a relationship ask your spouse believe me they'll tell you if we could put our egos down for a moment in the relationships with our wives or whoever you're dating and literally sit with them and ask them tell me where my weakness is not only should we be open to hearing what they say we should beg them to tell us how many of us walk around and we have lists of how everyone around us should change if you work for an employer of any kind then you're probably sitting at your desk some days and thinking, you know what? I could probably do my boss's job better than they can. I should be running the company. If you're dating someone or you're married, what, you don't have a mental list of all their flaws? You don't have a list of how you wish they changed? Oh, I wish my wife was more like this. I wish my husband was more like this. I wish my kids, oh my gosh, I could make you a list of every one of my kids, but each one of my kids should be more this, kid should be more this way. But we know the flaws of everyone because most of us expound tons of energy all day thinking of the flaws of everyone. Can you imagine what would happen if we took that same energy and turned that energy inward towards us? Because at the end of the day, the person we have more control over than anyone else in the world is ourselves. Boom. You want to make a list of someone's flaws? Make it of your own. You know what? If you're a parent, then you probably need to exhibit more patience. If you're in a marriage or any relationship for that matter, then we probably need to exhibit better communication skills. We need to work on that. What is real listening like? How can I change how I have expectations of another person? If we change our expectations of another person, then we'll have much better relationships. Make a list of all of the character flaws that we have, and we all have them, and start to find tools and ways to work on those. Most of us wake up every day, and we have a fire in us, a motivation to kill it with our careers. Just to be more successful, make more money. Can you imagine if we took that motivation and were equally motivated not just to kill it with careers, but motivated to work on our own flaws? Because if we put the effort that we put into our careers, if we take the effort that we put into working out our bodies and we put that effort into working on our character, we'd be unstoppable. Because when we grow as a human being, we elevate ourselves, and ultimately, we elevate the world. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life, and not just a life that's good, and not just a life that's great but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome.